The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. And those bloody English cricket players threw me out of their club like a dog. I never complained. On the contrary, I vowed that I will never play again. Who suffered? Me. But I don't want Jessie to suffer. I don't want her to make the same mistakes that her father made of accepting life, accepting situations. I want her to fight, and I want her to win. And that is a loving father. That is a father who said, you know, when they kicked me out of the cricket club, I gave up. I gave up on myself. I didn't fight for that value. And I don't want my daughter to repeat the same error. And that is from Bend It Like Beckham. So you want happiness. And if you are quick to give up on yourself, quick to give up on your genuine, personal, hopefully rational goals, then what are you doing? You're throwing your life away. You're having a life that's less than it could be, less vibrant than it could be. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist, and my number is toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. And I want to welcome Rhonda to the show. Rhonda, you're having panic attacks? Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, what's going on? Well, uh, to make a long story short, from the age of 2 to 13, I was molested Okay. by someone I, that was raised to be my grandfather, but actually it was my grandma's husband. Okay. And uh, he stopped either when I started my period, mm-hmm. or when I first got arrested for being under the influence of drugs because I started taking drugs at that time. Uh, previous to that, when I was in the seventh grade, yeah, uh, the police, uh, my girlfriend was being molested by my grand, my so-called my grandma's husband and her father. We were both being molested. Okay. She ran away, and they called, and uh, when they found her, she told on her dad. So mm-hmm. the police came to my school and took me out of the seventh grade, okay. and they asked me all these questions about my private parts, just yeah. like the molester said they would. Right. And so... Uh, and they didn't tell my parents. Nobody did anything on my behalf. I just went home. So evidently, so obviously, not obviously, I ended up using a lot of drugs. So and you I self-medicated. Getting, so let me let yes. me see if I understand this. What's causing you the panic attacks? Is are your memories of long-term trauma? by someone who was, in quotes, a family member who claimed to be your grandfather and that you did have what could have been an opportunity for people to come to your rescue, but it didn't happen. It still got buried. And so where are you? How old are you now? 52. You're 52 years old, and you've known this your whole life? No. Uh, I was using drugs and alcohol, for and how then long? I got my life together and I got a job and I start and I had worked since I was 15 anyway when I was 25 a memory uh 
something triggered a memory, and I remembered everything came flooding back okay, like that's a waterfall. Ac- yeah, that's at Ron- the age of twenty-five. Okay, Rhonda, what I would absolutely recommend, if you have not tried this yet, is therapy for that sort of trauma. I've done a lot of that work, and actually, what happens is when those memories get triggered, uh-huh. the buried memories, if they're not fabricated, some people lie, you know, that's happened too, but yours sound like they were very long range and that the memories are real, they're vivid, and this is, this is what actually happened to you. When that happens, it's actually called what you named it, flooding. It overwhelms you because you don't know what to do with it. It totally messes up your your world. You don't know who you are. You don't know how to relate to people. You don't know what to do in the future. You don't know what to do with this information because it's partially unprocessed. Uh-huh. And it was processed when you were very young, 2 to 13 years old, you said. Yes. And you also tried to self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. You did clean up your life. Tell me, you're saying now that you're ha- now you're having panic attacks right now, and you'd like some help with that. Well, what happened is I I cleaned up my life, and and because I didn't have any memory, then I cleaned up my life. I went off. I got this wonderful job, and then the memories came, and the panic attacks came. Okay, and panic because I had no memory. Uh, to to speak of to tell somebody, the panic attacks just got worse and worse and worse. For how long? And uh, the doctor put me on medication. How how long ago was this, Rhonda? Tw- this I was twenty five, and I'm fifty two. Okay, so you started getting panic attacks at the age of twenty five. Yes. Okay, and you're currently. How can I help you now? We only have a few minutes. One thing that has never, that has been consistent my whole life and still is today that's very disruptive are the nightmares. Okay, so you're wanting some help with what do you do with the nightmares? Yes, the the nightmares are what plagues me. They're all about abandonment. They're about death. Okay. Body parts, really gross, morbid nightmares. And that's coming from the abuse, or is that coming from horror movies or some other source? Uh, no, I, it it's coming from the abuse because when when I'm like, I'll give you an instant of a nightmare. I'm on a battleship. I've never been in a battleship my life, okay. but I can describe it to you perfectly. And I go down below, and below there's water, and in the water there's floating body parts and we're all over in the water. And I'm walking on a thin strip of metal that goes across there, and there's all these body okay. parts. Okay, what is the outcome of the dream? I wake up scared to death, and it totally ruins my whole day because I keep having flashbacks. They wake me up with night sweats, and I keep having flashbacks. Okay, so you definitely... I dreamt I went to hell when I was a child. Were you Catholic? No. Or religious? 
No, I wasn't raised with any religion yeah. because my mom had five stepdads. I had I had five stepdads. Okay, she had listen. Five what because we only have a, about a little over a minute left, uh-huh. I would like to give you some tips on what to do with the nightmares. Okay. And if you go to bed at night saying to yourself, "Oh my God, what if I have another nightmare?" Have you ever done that? Oh, I no, hope I, I don't always- have one. I fall asleep saying my prayers. Within your prayers, do you say anything about the nightmares at all or think, worry that you may? Do you anticipate a nightmare? No, I ask God to intervene. Okay, but then you're talking about... If I should have nightmares. Then let me give you another suggestion. Uh You want to gain more strength in your own mind. You want to be able to say, what if the nightmare changed into a better story? It had a better outcome. You want to prime your subconscious. Give yourself some ideas of having better dreams, stocking your subconscious with happier endings uh-huh. or better ideas. You can. I, I know people have done this successfully, and this would require more than just my saying it now. You, know, you need right. a therapy session. But you also want to read enjoyable books or books with happy outcomes before you go to bed or Uh stories with good outcomes because you're fighting a premise that bad things happen and then you go to hell. You're fighting a premise, an idea that isn't that that's undermining you it's the idea that's undermining you it's not the reality there aren't battleships with people's bodies floating around in your life right right so you do want to deal with the abuse that takes more work that involves talking to the abusive person not in person but maybe writing a letter to that person of what you genuinely feel and ripping up the letter so you never send it to them necessarily you know you have uh-huh. to make a decision there are a lot of skills that um that you need but i recommend therapy. Listen, thank you very much for your call. I'm done. And thank you for taking my call. Oh, I appreciate it. You're is welcome, there, Rhonda. Listen, I'll on- talk to you during the break. Um, if you're having problems and feel like you need to go to a sex therapist, but you're scared to death to do so, stay tuned because I will be talking with Dr. Barry McCarthy, who will be discussing exactly what sex therapy involves. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. Love is not a causeless gift, but something that has to be earned. You may have heard yourself say, I just want to be loved the way I am. Unfortunately, in quotes, just the way you are, may include qualities that make you less lovable than you could be, or even unlovable. Love is not causeless. It is something you have to earn. But how? The starting point is your moral character. Of course, there are many other factors involved in love, including common values and individual personal preferences. Moral character, however, is the foundation, and it is indispensable. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com, and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com. 